With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter. Badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, Stormtroopers, and everything in between to another exciting edition of the new Force Order. For life. Podcast. It's a Star Wars podcast. I am one third of your hosts. I am a professional wrestler. A multi-time champion in a galaxy far, far away. Your boy, GGP, a.k.a. Greek God Papadon. Ah, to the Greek, Greek God. Alongside with me tonight, I have the distinct honor of riding through many parsecs. Yes, we came in that thing. Uh, a medical droid who has a kung fu grip. Witty banter. 
and pretty sweet goatee, if I may add, and a malicious, vicious, sadistic <laughs> Sith Lord who is still campaigning for Revan in 2020. And we are honored to have on the show a guest who always comes and brings his A-game. Boys, introduce yourselves to these ungrateful piece of shit fans. <laughs> Pieces of shits, I am. The Dark Lord of the Podcast, the Sith Ari, the Rampaging Revan Kids, the Butcher, your boy Spiro, a.k.a. Darth Spiridon. And I'll break kayfabe and not call you pieces of shits. We love you guys. I am smarter than 2-1-B, more technical than FX7, as Papadon scowls at me with that face. The god of steel and thunder. And the man who wonders, with all those inventions that R2-D2 had inside of him, no one put any defibrillator pads so he could save Princess Leia? Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. And hi, uh... I'm Chris Fian, the commanding officer of the 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison in New York. Thanks again, guys, for having me on. Anytime, Chris. Chris, you, you would think this is like your fourth show with us. You would have like a, you know, snappy intro. I got to come up with a better intro. I got to come up with some, uh, some stylistic intro like you guys have. <laughs> How about something like, I am the sharpest shooting stormtrooper something something. <laughs> I don't know, man. Stormtrooper sharpshooter. I don't know. It, it doesn't go with it, but, you know, hey. White armor lives matter. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's there it. There you go. If I could be timely. If I can. <laughs> anyway. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we come to you here. Another week has passed. More news has dropped in the Star Wars canon or the Star Wars lore. And we're going to cover it. We're going to go over who's more over this week with our competitors. And we're going to go over King of the Wing. And uh, this is probably going to be the last NFL podcast because all you fans absolutely positively suck. We try to do something nice for you guys. And you guys drop the goddamn ball. You know what? It's okay. You guys want to play for the Jets and not score a touchdown? That's fine with us. We're going to start a Patreon, and if you guys actually want to listen to this show, you're going to have to pay for it. So that's it. I'm going full side, full-fledged dark side. No more babyface Papadon. I'm going heel on all you scumbags out there in the galaxy far, far away. And if you don't like it, I don't care. I really don't. But anyway, Doc, why don't you enlighten us with some of the headlines that you were talking about before? Okay, so first up. Uh, we talked, we touched about this last week a little bit about Luke Skywalker. Well, sorry, Mark Hamill being a little bit upset that his uh Tashi Station uh scene got cut out of A New Hope. Well, Mark, guess what? Your dreams and your wishes have been granted, my friend. Disney Plus adds lost Luke Skywalker scene to Star Wars A New Hope. So apparently they're going to be adding that scene where he goes to Tashi Station and he's looking through the, bi the binocs and he sees Tantive Four getting attacked and he's talking to Biggs and Cammy and someone calls him a wormy so they see he's not popular and blah, blah, blah. Literally the most boring Star Wars clip on the face of the planet is going to be added into A New Hope. Why? I have no idea. Do I really care? Nah. Let's see where they stick it and let's... let's 
That's what she said. And let's see how it flows with the movie because I don't think it's a great scene that's going to be so flowy. So. But he's got his wish, so it's going to be there. Well, you know what, man? If if all it takes is Mark Hamill to go on social media and bitch and whine, then Mark Hamill, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not, but somebody who is, please get this to Mark Hamill. Go bitch and whine about you wishing that there was a scene of you battling the Knights of Ren alongside a still conflicted Ben Solo. See if they toss that in a movie in there somewhere. That would be great. Yeah, that wishful thinking, my friend. Yeah, Chris, Revan, Revan might be canon before they ever even think about doing that, probably, you know? What's your take on this, Chris? Have you seen this scene? Yes, I have. And this story really, really struck a nerve with me this week. If you asked my 12-year-old self about seeing that scene, I would have been overjoyed and, oh, I can't wait to see this scene. That was a mythical scene that we had seen in the storybook. We had heard about it. We never actually got to see it. When it finally got released on one of the one of the DVDs as an extra as an extra scene, I was like, "Oh, this scene is this scene sucks. This scene makes <laughs> him look like a pussy. It really doesn't make him look like the hero that we've all come to love." There's a great video that I saw a couple of years ago that's on YouTube called "How Star Wars Was Saved in the Edit," and it's about a 15 minute video, and it goes through how they rearrange certain scenes how they took out that scene with the binoculars of him looking up so that the first introduction of Luke is during that whole uh, uh, scene with the Jawas when they're buying the droids. The whole great part about that is that hero's journey. We start like with the hero 15, 20 minutes into the movie and you don't know anything about him. You don't have any preconceived notions. You're, you're going on this journey with him and he's like a blank slate. You can, you can put your own self in that person. I think that's why the movie works. And they talk about that a little bit in the, in the how Star Wars was saved in the edit YouTube video. They also rearranged some other scenes. They cut out some other superfluous scenes and they rearranged the order a little bit to make it more exciting to keep flashing back to the Death Star and flashing back to Tatooine. I, I don't think it works in the movie. I think that George Lucas's wife, when she re-edited the movie made for the fantastic movie that we now know as Star Wars tinkering with it now and going back, putting back in the, the, the um, the job of the hut scene was also a huge mistake. It totally ruins the entire pace of the movie and was completely unnecessary. Again, my 12 year old self couldn't wait to see that scene. Couldn't wait to see it. Couldn't wait to see all these pieces because I usually am a kind of person who wants to see every piece of a movie, even if it doesn't really fit in the movie. And it's great that it exists. I just don't want to see it in the movie. I like the movie, the way it's edited, the way it is, leave it alone and, and leave star Wars as it is. Well, it's a funny thing you bring up Lucas's ex-wife, Marsha Lucas, uh, because... Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Well, all I hear all day long at school is how great Marsha is at this, or how wonderful Marsha did that. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. StarWars.net, uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com, uh, excuse me. They just put an article up about a book coming out by, by the name of J.W. Rinsler, R-I-N-Z-L-E-R. He worked at Lucasfilm for over 15 years. And um, in this book, Marsha Lucas is going to touch base on what her thoughts on the prequels are and the sequel trilogy that was brought to by Disney. Um, it's going to be, uh, 
you know, she also speaks about George Lucas and Lucasfilm since her departure after the original trilogy, where uh, Rinsler said she was very funny. Also, there were some good stories. It was just great. She really had a wonderful spirit. She had nice things to say about George Lucas, probably because of the NDA and the divorce papers. And she talked to me about the prequels a little bit and also the new Star Wars films, which she had seen. Up to that point, I think she had seen them all and had interesting things to say. And it's all in the book. So you people out there, if you guys are curious to see what this individual had to say, I strongly suggest you go check it out. Um, I, too, have seen that Star Wars was saved in the edit. I am 100% confident of what I'm about to say. If Marsha Lucas worked on the prequels, these prequels would not have any hate in it whatsoever. I think when Lucas steps up to bat with an idea, she'll call his bullshit like every wife does, puts his ass in check, and able to separate the good and the bad to get a good flow going. I mean, she did win an Oscar for her editing, I believe, on the original tri- trilogy. So if she, if, if, if there is tons of footage, like everyone speculates, a four-hour cut of the original episode one, four-hour cut of episode three, a longer cut of episode two, we have the special edition of the original trilogy. Let's do a special edition of the prequel trilogy, Ooh, the, the, Marshall Lucas, the Marshall Lucas edit cut, and let's see where it goes. I mean, I, it can't hurt, right? And we'll see where we go with that. But anyhow, would you guys be interested in a book like this? Definitely, man. Absolutely. I mean, I I definitely believe that she might be the missing piece to the puzzle, man. You know, I mean, what what was the last film she she actually cut? Jedi. Yeah, Jedi, Jedi, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And then after that, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Maybe if she cut the prequels, like you say, man, it would have been a whole other animal, man. You know. Yeah, they were they were bloated as they stood, and there was stuff in there that was just completely unnecessary. There was actually a fan edit of uh, Phantom Menace that ca- kind of eliminated Jar Jar Binks, called the Phantom Edit, that was circulating right. the internet for a while. That was a good example of all the crap, all the stupid jokes, all the stupid kid stuff that they put in there, that really took away from the heart of the story and and made it kind of a, a goofball movie when it. It didn't need to be. There was so, there was some good stuff in, in Phantom Menace. The fight scene with Darth Maul, some of the stuff with Kai Gwynn, some of that stuff was good. It just was mixed in with so much shit, so much other garbage. And and there was a good documentary called The People versus George Lucas that basically came to the conclusion that everybody around George Lucas at that point was a yes man. He was God. He could do anything he wanted. Nobody was there to step in and say, yo, whoa, 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 slow it down. Don't do this. Not a good idea. Nobody had the balls to step in and stop him from doing some of the stuff. And some of his ideas were good and some of them were bad. Nobody called him on the bad ones. And I think that shows drastically in the prequels. And I think that's why I actually prefer the new movies, even The Last Jedi, which was my least favorite of the three, the, the, uh, the three uh, new movies. They're all, in my opinion, superior films to the prequels in their entirety, just because uh, they're they're so poorly constructed. They're so poorly put together. Well, I have to disagree with you on that, Chris, but I respect your opinion. Um, well, well, look, man, uh, Doc can uh, attest to what I'm about to say, right? And every yes, preach, my Je- brother. 
<laughs> and in every uh, genre, there's going to there's be a situation <clears throat> where you need some sort of checks and balances, right? In the 90s, the late 90s, the holy trinity of Marvel Comics, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, and Todd McFarlane left the books that they were drawing, X-Force, X-Men, Spider-Man, and they went and formed Image Comics, right? These guys were treated like the rock stars, like the Beatles in comics fandom back in the 90s, right? And they put out their own creator-owned books with their creator-owned characters and sold a million copies, made tons of scuttle. But the problem was there was no one standing over their shoulder to make sure they met deadlines. So these books were supposed to come out on a certain date. They came out 90 days later, a month later, two weeks later, whatever the case may I'm be. still waiting for some of them to come out. So that hurt them. In wrestling, there's certain writers who are... They take credit for the 90s attitude era in WWF. These writers, they switched shift to WCW. They weren't a Vince McMahon there to put him a yes to their good ideas, no's to their bad ideas, and checks and balances, and they ended up getting a bad name moving forward on. So every genre, even rap, look at rap. Rap, Bro. same thing, music, even 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 in uh in the music industry, you have people in certain genres like Death Row Records. These guys thought they can own the world. What happened? They got ahead of themselves. They lost Dr. Dre. Then it went downhill. Nobody's bulletproof. You need a system of checks and balances in everything you do in order to separate the good from the bad. Because guarantee you, even the smartest mind in this planet is not going to hit a home run every time they come up with an idea. They will strike out once in a while. And they need that person there over their shoulder saying, hey, uh, Kathy, that idea sucks. Hey, Bob, that idea sucks. Hey, guys, let's not make Revan Cannon. He sucks. So, you know. Oh, Ooh, that's a low blow. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, I mean, look. Yeah, what are you going to do? No, are dude, you, you know, you're, you're absolutely right, man. You know, um doesn't matter how how great you are sometimes you get to such a high level of greatness where you think that everything you do is gold but it's not that's when you fucking start throwing sh shit on the walls and at some point it's not gonna stick but you won't see it that way if you don't have people around you that have the balls to be like hey boss no 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 no, no. that no let's not do it like this you know all the great leaders have people around them, and they put smart people. Listen, you, you hire people, these people, for a fucking reason. You utilize them. Listen to them. At, at one point, like, you know, it happened to fucking George, man. You know, George, you know, fans were calling for Star Wars to be saved from George. Disney stepped in. Now they want him back. If he comes back. Let's say that he comes back and he takes helm of a fucking movie of a series and we start seeing this stupid shit again. Then what? You know, it's, it's it, no one's ever going to be happy. You know, this is the issue. So um, and to dovetail into that, you know, Pop mentioned this uh, this writer um, from that book. What's his name? He said Rensler, J.W. Rensler. Rensler. Yeah. Uh, apparently he put out a. Uh, a video this week, uh, last no, this week, sorry, about him talking about his break from Lucasfilm, and um, and what the deal with that was. Apparently, he was with Lucasfilm as a freelance writer, doing mostly the uh, 
not the fiction stuff, but the back behind the scenes nonfiction stuff for 15 years, 2001, 2016. So he was there from episode two on through The Force Awakens. Um, so a significant portion of the time that he was there. And um, he was working on the behind the scenes book on The Force Awakens. And Disney kind of put the kibosh on it, gave it to somebody else and then gave it back to him to kind of finish it up. And then he decided never to release it because they probably didn't want whatever background stuff was happening during the force awakens to kind of be revealed though. We know the story. It wasn't like, you know, it was, it was a big kind of hiding thing. So he leaves Lucasfilm shortly after force awakens. Uh, and seems like he doesn't have a lot of good things to say about the whole Disney thing and the whole Kathleen Kennedy thing. Um, but you know, unfortunately he signs an NDA and then he apparently can't say anything though. He was going to write a book called the rise and fall of star Wars. Uh, which basically that tells you everything. Um, how obviously when George had it, it was at its peak. And then the second Disney took it over was the fall of Star Wars. And he does not pull his punches when he talks about the prequels and even Rogue One, he throws under the bus. I mean, sorry, the sequels and Rogue One when he throws under the bus. Um, not a big fan of, of any of those movies, he says. Uh, and basically that Disney ruined Star Wars. And this book that he was going to write, Rise and Fall of Star Wars, Got the uh, got the uh, the no from uh, the the mouse house. They sent him a cease and desist <laughs> on the uh, on the book. Uh, the Was it a book were... or a vlog? Uh, I, no, no. He he posted a blog a, a vlog about it, oh, and they right. told him to take it down because he was in the midst of writing this book about you know why Disney had ruined Star Wars. Um, which again, he says you know this is all you know public knowledge. I'm just putting I'm just collating it all together and talking about it. And he got a letter from Disney lawyer saying that, uh, yeah, this is not going to what's going to be happening. Um, and he went to his lawyer and his lawyer was like, you better take everything down. Like, this is some serious shit right here. And this is not the fucking guys we want to fuck with. So hmm. um, shut him down. Guy hasn't worked for Lucasfilm since. He's doing some freelance stuff here and there. He wrote his own book. But, uh, you know, it's a 40 minute video he put up answering, answering questions about that. And that's basically the gist of everything. Um, seems like he's a disgruntled employee who really didn't like what happened in the house of mouse and was trying to strike back. <laughs> Get that. And see, you see that little uh, transition I made over there uh, and got shut down because the pockets of uh, the Mickey is deeper than him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, listen, there's news coming out that George Lucas will reportedly return to direct his initial proposed trilogy. Now this is coming from a website called the mother of all nerds so it stated that because the rise of skywalker terribly failed according to this article which i don't agree with it did not appease the fans and forced the company it forced the company to rethink the course of the franchise they're saying according to various media outlets the creator of the intergalactic saga is eager to develop a new trilogy that serves as a direct sequel to the original story, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Uh, it should be recollected that George Lucas always wanted to make the 7th, 8th, and ninth episode. However, Disney dismissed the ideas he submitted for future projects. Apparently the filmmaker wanted to explore the scientific aspect of the force by expanding on a microbiotic world. 
the story would have concentrated on Luke, Leia, Han Solo, R2-D2, C-3PO, but now he will have to find new actors to fill those their roles. Not really. All three films would have had featured creatures called the Wills that feed on the Force and control the universe. According to the creator of the sagas, the Will use humans as containers. Um, we've talked about this before. Now, with all the rumblings going about, and our inside sources talking about things have been discussed over at Lucasfilm. Speaking of over, sorry. Thank you. Uh, that all this nonsense about retconning the sequel trilogy, knocking me out of canon, just moving forward and just make you know making believe that it doesn't exist. Do you think that this has any levity to it? Meaning that maybe George just comes back. Films a trilogy, doesn't call it seven, eight, nine, but takes place, let's say, 10 years instead of 30 or 20 or 15 years after Return of the Jedi and has his story told before the, tri- the, the, the trilogy of the House of Mouse. What do you guys think? You know what, man? I'm going to tell you this. Um, I do want to see something. I do want to see them delve into the wills. I definitely want to see something that I think we're going to get in The Mandalorian, which deals with scientists trying to cultivate midichlorians. But do I want to see something that goes very deep into the whole like scientific thing to it? I'm I'm not so sure, you know. Chris, Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, Chris, go. Uh, I'm completely against it. I think the story's BS. I don't think there's any truth to it. I think that's a pipe dream. Somebody came out of their ass, thought it up out of their ass. I don't think there's any truth to that. I don't think it's even conceivably possible at this point. There is a lot of digital technology, but I agree with Spiro. I think they're going to explore some of those themes and some of those aspects in The Mandalorian. I think that's the plan. And I think eventually when uh, they oust uh, Kathleen Kennedy, which was another story this week, that there was some... How dare you? How dare you? That uh, (laughs) John Favreau will be in the helm or somebody else neutral, and uh, that will be explored through various spinoffs of The Mandalorian. I think they've realized what they've hit with The Mandalorian. We discussed this a little when we were talking about The Mandalorian and we were talking about the behind the scenes on The Mandalorian, the gallery show. That's that's the future of Star Wars, right, in the immediate future. I don't think uh, we have to look any further than that timeline in between the movies. Exploring it through some spinoff series, I think it could be easily handled through that, and I don't think they're going to they're gonna possibly tackle getting George back in, into the, the fold at this point. Yeah, at this point, you know, four-point-something billion dollars uh, in, I'm sure George is, you know, lounging in his house with his, uh, his boxers on, smoking a pipe, Swimming in his uh, in his Scrooge McDuck money, so it's hard for me to believe that George is going to step out from you know whatever hole he's been in and be like, well, I guess it's time to save Star Wars. Um, Though the fans would would love it, you know, though they were calling for his head minute after they saw Jar Jar Binks, so uh, it's uh, an interesting um, turn of events. Maybe this was George's plan all along. To be like, hmm, let me just sell it to these idiots so I don't become the villain anymore. I know they're going to fuck it up. And then come back and save the whole thing. Uh, I doubt that's also true. But listen, it would make a hell of a story. Well, I mean, look, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. We aren't believing a lot of what we hear. 
but we are discrediting everything because sometimes when there's smoke, there is fire. Um, initially, it was said there was a civil war between Filoni and Favreau versus Team Kennedy. And uh, then Bobby, there's... Bobby and Jack? Yes. Um, then there is uh, an article coming out out of the blue by John Favreau stating that we need to listen to the audience. Disney uh, Lucasfilm has to listen to the audience. And compared it to his days in stand-up, where you have to feel the atmosphere, become one with the atmosphere, give them back what they're looking for, yada, yada, yada. Almost like a community, he said. So that came out of the blue. Like, it wasn't a rebuttal to any other story. Just very oddly placed that that happened to drop right then and there. Then we have this other guy with the helmet, what's his name, Doomcock, come out, make up this story that uh, they're going to retcon it through the world between worlds and that they're going to get rid of 7, 8, 9 and leave it as legends in an alternate universe. Fuck that. Then we had our inside source said that it had been discussed, that they might do something similar. Uh, We said that if they did get rid of 7, 8, 9, that it would alienate the entire franchise and people would be pissed off on both ends. What's worse than having a divided fan base? Having eight pissed off divided fan base and everyone just being in the same boat, uh, agreeing that the hate exists. So, you know, I don't think it would do I, them I, any I favors. Think they'd be a, I think we'd be a united fan base, but we'd be a very angry, pissed off fan base. I mean, you'd have the people on both sides, either you liked it or didn't like it. Now they're both going to join forces and be like, well, what, what did you just do to us? It's well, it's like, because, we, well, what is it? The enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Type exactly. of scenario. They just need to leave it as is, move forward, and I give agree. us the best possible Star Wars, which I know they will. And as soon as that bitch leaves, bro, it's going to be fucking awesome, man. You but know, now, it's... now since, since it was brought up in conversation, now this, this uh, cosmic news website, which is as, how can I put it? It's as uh, reliable, or... reliable and reputable. <laughs> as we got this covered, right? Uh, that part of the revamping of Star Wars is getting rid of Kathleen Kennedy. Yes, and please, Jesus. So the problem is this. She's leaving in 2021. Her contract's up regardless. So are they going to fire a woman in power no. who's made him a ton of money and has a great, great track record with great movies? No, because that would hurt the stock price. Are they letting not? Are they gonna not renew her contract? Could be. Are they gonna spin it where she decides to step down, so it makes it look like it's her decision, and that she's doing us a favor by giving us John Favreau or Dave Filoni moving forward? Absolutely, probably the case. But I don't think it has anything to do with the, a revamp. Am I wrong? I didn't read the article. I'm just right to read the headline. Uh, Doc, yeah. did you did you read the I article? Did. Yep, what about you? I did, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. Hold on. Let me, let me, right, let me so, tell you what's going on. So, so we talk about her stepping down and about her not being at this meeting that was with Iger and Chapnick and all these guys. And she never misses a meeting and blah, blah, blah. And all this. it was like the future of Lucasfilm. And she wasn't there. So it was quite obvious that that was an issue. Um, they also talked about that she's not pursuing an extension of her contract and she's doing this female centric production company. Uh, you know, this is all again, according to Doomcock. Um, and Disney again said that her contract's not going to be renewed. 
they wish her well in her new company, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it looks like they're leaning towards Filoni and Favreau, um, obviously, from there. So, uh, let's see. She had her agenda. She told the monkey to dance, and he did, says Doomcock Source at Lucasfilm when it came to, you know, um, what she wanted to do for um for uh the her 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 vision for the for the for the for the sequels they also talked about that they you know we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago when i told you that they canceled celebration that now the tickets were going to be for 2022 and not 2021 and i kind of like oh maybe they're having it at a different place in california or that they're not going to renew those tickets but apparently they're not doing a celebration in 2021 um, and he talked about why pre-cancel an event for 2021 when no one has an idea what's going to happen with the coronavirus at that point. Why not wait and see why postpone it to 2022? Um, well, well, my friends, ask yourself what will at what will have ended by 2022. The answer is simple: Kathleen Kennedy's contract. So they're saying that now they're canceling celebration in 2021 to wait till she's out. Uh, that's kind of no, a, a little, a little odd from there. I mean. I thought it was weird in general that they wouldn't announce a 2021 celebration because they've had one, you know, every year since they, since the inception. So it was, it was kind of odd that that was the case. Again, Doomcock, take it with a, with a grain of salt. Um, Listen, I think I'll some, tell you this. I think some of that does, that does have legs, but I agree yeah. that not all of it makes a lot of sense. Go ahead, Spear. I'm sorry. Sorry, man. No, listen, man, if, if Disney fires her, Kathleen Kennedy, the champion of the feminist movement of the force is female movement. Disney will get super canceled, man. All of the soy boys and soy girls, <laughs> they'll come out of hiding. Not only that, but um, the other point I wanted to make about that is fucking Doom, Doomcock, right? A fellow Star Wars fan, YouTuber, pod, podcaster, uh, Urban Acolyte. He put him in his place. Yeah, he uh, did. Did he come out yet with that? He was. He said he, he was going to make this uh, video yeah, talking about some lies chat. or something. Oh, okay, yeah. So I don't know if if you, you want to share any of that stuff here, because man, this guy's a, look, man, this guy's a piece of work. He's another Mike Mike Zero. You know, he's like Mike Zero times ten and shit. Okay. Who Doom? Who Doomcock? Yeah. Listen, you can't take anything he says seriously. The guy looks like a Power Ranger villain. Um, he takes credit for all the spoilers that he reported on on the rise of Jet, uh, uh, rise of Skywalker. Um, unfortunately, those spoilers were true. So now, you know, you got to take what he says at face value, and it's up to you whether you're not you want to believe it. Look, man, they're not retconning anything. They're not going to do it. And if they do, look, I have the perfect way how they can do it. We're not going to go down that path right now. Maybe later on we'll uh, talk about it. Be before you do that, I, I want to read something that Doomcock said, which was interesting. Uh, he said, this is from his source. At this point, I've been informed that Kennedy's contract will not be renewed. Blah, blah, blah. She'll be going to create her own production company. Her leadership will be missed at Disney. Uh, anyway, so after the financial success of The Force Awakens, Kennedy was foolishly given free reign to do whatever she wanted with The Last Jedi. The result was a sham, a crass and tasteless propaganda film. A shameless checklist of woke talking points overflowing with virtual signaling and contempt for what Kennedy perceives as the patriarchy utterly devoid of narrative, coherence, creative integrity, or anything resembling Star Wars. 
Kennedy had her way with Star Wars in an almost biblical sense and then set about changing the culture and mission of Lucasfilm, stacking the staff with feminist ideologues and weeding out any employee that failed to live up to her political litmus test. Case in point, Dave Filoni. That's I, a I mouthful not, right there, boy. I did not ghostwrite that, okay? Uh, Just so that everybody knows. Pop. Listen. I agree, though. Wait a minute. The Rise of Skywalker didn't have any agendas in it, any feminine agenda like, or no. sub. So, so what is what is Doomcock saying? Talking about, about he's talking about the Last Jedi. Last Jedi oh, yeah. Last Jedi. Got it. Got it. Uh, you know, that was a mouthful. I, I read that. I'm like, holy shit, this guy really fucking hates this movie. <laughs> well, listen, you know more than I do. Shit. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? You, I mean, look. The obvious choice, the horse to back, in my opinion, is Filoni, is Favreau. They've delivered something that unified the fandom for a short amount of time. They did the right thing. They look like they're on the same frequency as the fans. And they're not there to push an agenda. They're just there to tell good stories. And they're cherry-picking certain directors to fulfill the needs that they want to accomplish. And they're doing it tremendously. Even with the... um, Last season of Clone Wars. Some of the best Star Wars ever written with those last four episodes of Siege of Mandalore. Amazing. You know? But there's, you know, the people talking about how the, Claw- the Clone Wars still isn't finished yet. There's about 40 episodes they're saying that could have been done off of storylines uh, from the Clone War era that were supposed to come out and didn't come out. Two of them were put into books. One of them were Son of Dathomir, which is the Dark Horse comics, which explains what happens to, to Maul after he gets captured by Sidious and uh, his brother meeting his fate at Sidious's hands. And the other one was um, with, uh, what's her name? Ah, shit. The the bald chick, what's her name? The um, Asajj Ventress. Asajj Ventress and the uh, the other Jedi guy with the the yellow stripe. What's his name? Uh, Quinlan Voss. I think it was called Dark Disciple, right? Yep. And yeah. that book was awesome. You know, and supposedly they were supposed to be animated shorts. So they're saying Filoni says, "Look, we're looking to move forward. We're not looking to st- stay back or make a cl- uh a movement where we're just shifting from one dot left and right uh, on a, on a horizontal base. We're looking to go up and above." So may come out. He says he won't be involved if it does, but could it possibly come out? Who knows? But at this point, I think the Clone Wars are just done. And I think they did it right. They finished on a high note. Don't try to squeeze more more than you can out of the... You know what I'm saying? Or am I the only one on this? I, I agree 100%. You guys went out on a high note. Leave it alone. Move on to the next chapter. And that's it, man. You know? Well, I mean, they don't have to call it the Clone Wars. I mean... Yeah, okay. It'll be set in somewhere around that time period. They can call it something different. Like we talked about last week about the whole Bad Batch thing where they may be chasing them and seeing, you know, them getting their own series because of that four-episode arc they had in the in the last thing, which makes sense. I have no problem with that. If they do it in a similar style, even if Filoni's not involved, as long as they have someone who's at the helm who understands the story and understands where to go with it. Whatever. Listen, what's better than Star Wars, guys? More I, fucking Star Wars. More Star Wars. I think it's a foregone conclusion. They need something for the for the kid kid age level. Get them hooked on Star Wars. They're going to need to have some fresh 
cartoon content. That's what Rebels was all about. That was a complete kid show. I think they're going to do something like that. They'll come up with some other interesting show with an interesting timeline that will be some other side stories that doesn't really impact the canon very much of, of the timeline that we're interested in. I'm all for that. I think you have to, you got to get them while they're young. <laughs> you got to get the kids interested, keep them interested. That's what Jeffrey Epstein said. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, you got to get them interested, got to sell them some toys and got to get them, you know, until they're old enough to, to really appreciate Star Wars. I remember when my brother, my brother has, uh, has, has two boys. He was like, you know, asking me cause I have twin girls. Like, oh, how old were you? How old were they when you let them watch Star Wars? You know, because a little, I don't know, it's five too young, it's six too young. I'm like, you know, get them started with the cartoons, you know, get them started with the cartoons and ease them into like the first, second movie, you know, just have it on. Don't make them sit down and watch it. Just kind of have it on and say, oh, look, yeah, look at the lightsaber battle. I think that that's a good way to introduce the kids to it, get a whole new audience hooked on it. And that'll just continue to perpetuate the franchise. And Disney knows that. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to come up with a new kid-level Star Wars franchise at some point. Whether it be Clone Wars or some other offshoot, I'm all for anything Star Wars. I mean, it'd be cool to see a little miniseries called The Son of Dathomir, and it's animated by the same style like The Clone Wars. And whether Filoni is not involved or not, the story's already been told in the comics. So you have your storyboard right there. All you have to do is put it in an animation. Same thing with the book. The story's been told... Uh, Dark Disciple, tell the same story, animate it, make it a six-part or ten-part or whatever you want, mini-series, and that's it. One shot. Boom. Done. Tell a story. Move on. I mean, if that's the case, great. Because we get to see Quillen Voss. We get to see Saj Ventress. We get to see more Maul. I mean, Maul's a lot of people's favorite character, and people love him, especially the way Sam Witwer portrays him. And now that they got uh, what's-his-name, uh, the actor who played him in the um, in the movie Ray Park, Ray Park doing the motion capture that's being presented in animation form, like they they did in Caesar Mandalore. It just makes everything so much better. Such, it's so much fluid to where it's 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 amazing. So I don't understand, you know, why they wouldn't do it, but I do agree they need to move on to bigger and better stories. So, but I also agree they do need an animated. Uh, content for the for the younger viewers. So, who knows? Maybe there's some weight behind this story. Maybe there's not. But there are books coming out. Hey man, a... real quick. Uh, do you think that uh, a crime boss mall animated show could work? I think anything mall can work because I think the demand is there. I think mall putting on a tutu Agreed. and dancing a ballerina, Swan Lake with metal legs, spider legs would work. You know <laughs> I'd what I mean? I'd, I'd watch it. Yeah, it'd be better than the Christmas special. So, uh, hey, don't share the Christmas special. Look, all I'm saying is, uh, what's better than more, more, more. So that's it. Uh, authors of up there's authors of upcoming short story collection of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, stories of light and dark reveal their chapters. So now a book's coming out with a bunch of different. Um, this is reported on StarWars.com. Bunch of different authors. Lou Anders, Tom Engelberger, Freddie Cheber, E.N. Convey, uh, Zoreda Cordova, just to name a few. Hold on a second. The page refresh. Sarah Beth Durst, Greg Van. Jeez, I hate these fucking pages. They keep refreshing and losing my spot. Uh, Greg Van Eckhout, 
Jason Fry, Yunha Lee, Rebecca, Roanhorse. They're coming on board a book, and it's going to talk about light side and dark side stories during the Clone Wars. I'm down for this, dude, because I'm a big fan of all the clones. The fact that Filoni took something as pale and as vanilla as the clones and gave each and every one of them some kind of personality, some kind of different characteristic where they, he humanized them, I think has just risen those characters above and beyond and uh, continue to move forward. I would love to venture down and see more stories during that time. What do you guys think? You know, I think these anthology books that they put out, which a bunch of short stories by a bunch of different writers, are great things. I mean, I, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I love I love reading them because you don't have to commit to reading a whole book. You can kind of pick and choose what you want to read out of that, which was great. I mean, it's kind of you know similar to Ken Knapsack's book, Ken Knapsack's book, where you can just pick it up whenever you want to pick it up and just read three pages, and now you have you know that portion of the story from over there. So it's uh it's 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 one of my favorite ways to get a. To, to get a lot of stories across, you don't have to have a lot of meat in that bone. You can go right to the point, you know, do a 20, 15 page story um, and then build upon from there if you need to. But uh, I, I love that anthology stuff. I'm all in, man. I'm all in. No, and I, I, th I think with Disney Plus, they have that platform now. They can do an yes. anthology series. They could do something really quick for and they have, you know, zero distribution costs. They basically just throw it up on Disney Plus. We've seen that model with Netflix. We've seen it with Amazon. You can produce these things now and get them to a wide audience and make it an asset that gets people to subscribe to your uh, your digital platform. So I think anything's possible with that going forward. Yeah. Well, Disney's going to be doing that with the Marvel stuff. I mean, you know, they yeah. have a bunch of a bunch of shows coming up that are going to be like Winter Soldier, Captain Marvel. I mean, I mean, um, Captain America, Loki, She Hulk. But they're doing a What If show, which is basically going to be an animated show, which is just going to be that that anthology. Where they drop, you know, one story in ep an episode. Maybe it'll have arcs. We arcs we don't know, but for the most part, one story in an episode. Boom, get it done. Move on. Boom, get it done. Move on. Star Wars is is just like Marvel. Absolutely perfect for that. You could tell all these stories. They did it. They did it in the Legends many, many, many times. Um, but the question is, is Disney going to sign off on all this stuff? Which you know, the, the mouse likes to keep everything close to the close to the to, to the breast. Well, listen, all I know is that I'm down for this book and uh, the content itself just adds more uh, more meat to the bone when it comes to that Clone War era, which is becoming a very strong era for a lot of Star Wars fans because a lot of the fans who, who grew up in that era are now 20 years old, 25 years old, whatever, and it's hitting the right demographic to the point where these kids are going to buy the book. These kids are going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. It's a piece of my childhood. So there's some kind of twinge of nostalgia incorporated in it. But it's also great storytelling, just adding more uh, to the time frame without they're talking about. Uh, but I do. I have noticed. I have noticed that they haven't been talking about anything regarding the sequel trilogy era. Now, one new book's coming out regarding that time frame at all, which is also a little bit of a red flag, if you ask me. Which may, may 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 hold some weight with this whole retconning nonsense and decanonization um, scenario of the sequel trilogies. Because let's face it, all this content's coming out, and see the High Republic, which is supposed to come out now January 2021, or it's going to be you know during the Clone Wars, and you know 
Mandalorian's five years after sequel trilogy. All these new shows that are coming out, allegedly, Boba Fett, Sokotano, Rebel sequel, Ezra Thrawn live action. All these shows are supposed to take place right after Return of the Jedi. So it makes you wonder, like, why are they not touching this other time frame that they decided to delve in so quickly on? Is it because they're trying to ignore it because of the division of the fandom? Who knows? I, I think that's exactly it. I think they put this out and they, you know, expected, listen, it's Star Wars. It's a license to print money. And they did. And some people love it. Some people like it. Some people hate it. And they didn't get this, you know, explosion response that they were expecting to get for the $4.2 billion they spent on this property. And now they're kind of sitting there holding the ball like, well, what the fuck do I do with it now? Because uh, we did, we gave them what Star Wars was in The Force Awakens that people complained. We gave them something completely different in The Last Jedi and people complained. Now we kind of took stuff, we tried to fix it in Rise of Skywalker and people complained. So, you know, they're, they're like a husband where when you come home, there's nothing that you could do. Your wife's still going to be fucking pissed off no matter what you do. So they're, they're Ain't kind of... Ain't that the fucking truth? Hey, yeah, preach, brother. They just have no idea I think they're just clueless at this point. And they've seen Filoni and Favreau do the right thing. And now they're trying to back whatever horse that they're on and trying to do more things like the Mandalorian and saying, well, listen, let's just leave this over here for a little while. Like George left the prequels. And hopefully as it ages like a fine wine, people would appreciate it more. I think that's where they're at. I'd have to agree. I think the re- the reception is so overwhelmingly positive with Mandalorian, and they can go in so many different directions. It also has that nostalgia factor that they've realized they've 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 successfully tapped into, which they really didn't in any of the the other new movies, with that look, feel, environment, and it's working, and they know it's working. And that gallery show, they went, you know, crazy making that gallery show. That every episode of that gallery show, I was enthralled just to see how much they went back. And we talked about that extensively on one of those gallery episodes. It, I think they, they, they realized they've struck gold with that. And they're going to keep mining that until that's, that's, that's expired. Good. Well, yeah, listen, I'm all for it. This talks about bringing some kind of uh, old character or some kind of character from the past back in Mandalorian season two, Doc. Yes, right. they did. And this is a, this is a great question for our friend Chris who's sitting with us right now. Um, so, uh, Mandalorian Season 2 should bring back these stormtroopers. Unfortunately, it's not the 501st. Don't get excited, Chris. Take it easy. Can't be. I know. Uh, so, here we go. So, they talk about Rogue One bringing back the Death Troopers. Um, uh, in, sorry, bringing back the Death Troopers from Rogue One and the Scout Troopers from... They were in, they were in the last episode of the Mandalorian yeah. briefly. Yep, yep. Yeah. talking about bringing those back but they also want um the mandalorians to bring back a specific type of stormtrooper which is the imperial super commando which yeah. apparently were introduced in season three of the animated series star wars rebels which i am still in series two uh, season two so don't spoil it for me uh led by gar saxon the squadron of troop of mandalorians who choose to slide with the empire um they had iconic helmets and flying jetpacks their visors were slimmer than boba fett's and the colors were the obligatory white. Um, but Saxon had his red, you know, highlighted armor because he was apparently the leader. So they, you know, there's a call to bring back the super commandos. 
in the Mandalorian because they think that they would fit perfectly into the whole, you know, Mandalorian yet Empire twist on them, and they'd be a good recurring villain for Din Djarin um, as the season progresses. Um, listen. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Unfortunately, I think season two of The Mandalorian, which is already wrapped, we know that already, is already jam-packed with a lot of shit that they keep coming out and announcing. Um, just like if you look at that uh, that George Clooney Batman movie, it's proof that if you throw too much shit inside there, it's going to fail. So let's save some, you know, save some for the end, kid. Let's not get crazy and let's uh, s- save a little for dessert because if you throw too much shit out there, it's just going to be a disaster. Let me, let me see for each little bite. <laughs> exactly. Let's just like a good restaurant. Bring me out a little bit. You know, those five hundred dollars French restaurants you take your wife to on your anniversary. They bring you out these small little pate plates, and they just get you. Just get you a little excited for everything else. Listen, man. Yeah. Bring them. Bring them in, man. I'm a big fan of that idea. Uh, if they're not going to be in season two, which they haven't said anything about it to, to that effect, bring them for. Season three, and yeah, man, fuck yeah. You have any super commando stormtroopers in your unit, in your garrison? Uh, no, I, I think that's, that's one that because it's animated, there's not enough um, resources to make that what they call a costume reference library. Yeah. To make them official, if they were to, to, to bridge into live action, uh, you, somebody in the group would start, would start constructing it, like instantly. Gotcha. There's already guys working on Mandalorians. There's already guys working on, you know, anything that was seen in anything live action. They instantly try to try to start working on. Man, I've actually seen some uh, cosplayers on Instagram that have made some nice uh, armor. Yeah. So I don't know if you you, you want to check on there, talk to those guys, see if they have any plans and stuff, you know, uh, blueprints. Yeah, we're waiting for the CRL. I usually don't like to invest that kind of money until I, until the CRL is released, which is the costume reference library. That way you know you don't go down a road that you get something that then you can't use oh, for I see. provable costume. Gotcha. I like to wait till that's all settled. And sometimes it can take – it probably won't be finalized for a year or two at this at the rate it's going right now. So it's going to take some time. Well, Chris, listen, let me, I, let me – wait, hold on, Bob. Sorry. Let me jump ahead, in. Let me ahead, ask a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Chris, who who is the board that sits on the approvable costumes? I'm just super curious. Well, we have detachments for each different type of costume. There's like a detachment called WhiteArmor.net that's just for stormtroopers. There's one, uh, uh, the Pathfinders, that's just for like biker scouts. If they fall in that category, there's guys, uh, uh, men and women on those boards who know everything about everything about those characters. And they do extensive research and try to find out every little detail that they can find out. And they discuss it amongst themselves and try to determine, you know, which parts are needed, what the parts have to look like. And then somebody's got to be brave enough to be the first one to actually try to construct it. And once somebody constructs it, constructs it and they review it and they go over every excruciating detail and determine that it is, you know, acceptable and it is movie accurate. Then they take pictures of it and they write out what's called a costume reference library for each piece. So you know what each piece looks like and what the reference photos look like. And then it's a challenge to have to try to match those 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 reference pictures and make sure that it's as accurate as possible. That sounds like a lot of work for no pay. Yeah. It is. But it's a passion. I mean, that's what we that's what we're all about. And that's why it's troopers helping troopers try to, you know, get to that accuracy level that's that when you're at that level, you know that you can step out and you're, you're in a movie-accurate costume. Speaking about passion, Spiro, we have a passion for video games, am I right? 
Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Any news on the video game front, Spiro? Any? Not, <laughs> not, not that I know of. Jesus Christ. You guys are not picking up on transitions here. Are hey, you? The, the, don't give me the you guys bullshit. I've been hitting every one of them tell tonight. tell you, man, when you said that, I was like, you see, man, there we go. We're on the same fucking, you know. I'm like, yes, we are a passionate bunch. We are passionate for fucking Star Wars. Our fans, though, are the ones who are lacking the fucking passion and the energy that they're getting, that they're giving to us, we're going to give back to them. But I guess that's not it. But why don't you why don't you what about squadron spirit? Did you just talk about that yet? Yeah, we spoke about it. I think last episode of the episode before that. Where I'm just I because uh you get to do uh this video game in uh what's that thing called in uh Jedi Fallen Order. Apparently, there's a door that you go. Wait, to. hold on, dude. Hold on, dude. That's not the VR, the PSVR. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. You get I have it. That's why I'm dying for it. I'm yeah, that's what I'm saying. It. You get to fly VR, dude. They screwed. They screwed us over, EA, because Battlefront One, at the very last cycle, right before Battlefront Two came out, they came out with a special upgrade that had a X-wing fighter mission that was exclusively in VR. I don't know if you know about that. It came out no. with Battlefront One, but it was only that? one level, and it was like ten minutes, and that was it. Battlefront Two was supposed to be all VR. Until literally a month before it came out, and I then they no took idea. VR out of it. Interesting. Right at the last minute, and I was so pissed because I had pre-ordered it. I have the VR set up and everything for the PlayStation. I was royally pissed when they when they pulled it at the last minute, and they said there was no plans to add it. There was too many difficulties. There wasn't enough take on the VR. I was pissed. So I'm very excited that Squadrons. I'm finally going to get a fully developed Star Wars game in VR. I'm very excited about it. That'd be awesome. Okay, Doc, you were okay. saying... So go, going Jedi back to Je Jedi Fallen Order, apparently there's a, a secret Easter egg in there that if you're, uh, if you're really, really like, I don't know, I guess not getting laid, you could figure out. There's some door that you have to click, and once you <laughs> click it, you, you realize you can't go through it. And usually you just turn around if you can't go through it and go a different path. But apparently if you sit there and you click on the door 66 times... What? Yes. Uh, nobody's getting laid. Uh, Emperor Palpatine comes out and says, "Execute Order Sixty Six. And then that's it. The door still doesn't open. You turn around and go the opposite way. So exciting news on the video game front today. Oh man! All right, Spiro, you got any other news that you you were supposed to drop and you, and you probably didn't read? No, I I don't have any news. But but if you shoot me a fucking title, I'm I'll make something up nice, you know. Yeah. He's pretty good at that. I, I can make Listen, some man, soup I'll, salad, I'll, chicken shit. I'll, I'll make some shit shit salad out of fucking you know. But uh, I'm sorry, guys. I, I've been very busy. No, but, uh, trust your chops. No, no, it, 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 it's all right. Anyway, toss me a, a fucking uh, topic. I'm gonna use the uh, force here. Okay, let's see. Kathleen Kennedy's uh, dildo uh, apparently is shaped like Jabba the Hutt's tail. And go. And go. Well, you know what, man? My, you know what? That dildo would probably fit up my ass because she fucked me in the ass with all the stupid decisions that bitch made. So, so there's that next. 
Okay, Lucas Lucasfilm planned Palpatine's return before Star Wars: The Last Jedi came out. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Now listen, no, this look, isn't true either. What's up? I don't think that's true either. I don't buy it, man. I, you know, I, I feel like that was a latch. Uh, I'm sorry, a last ditch effort to sort of like fix things. And I mean, listen, uh, you know, it could have been, it could have been a plan. And when he saw the, the Last Jedi, he was like, "Fuck, how am I gonna make this work?" And that's why maybe the the Rise of Skywalker turned out the way it it it, it did. You know. All right, here know. on this on this article again, it's we got this covered, right? I hate this website, but they actually quoted someone from Lucasfilm. So, I'll, listen to this, guys. In Colin Trevorrow's initial version, Duel of the Fates, there was no trace of Palpatine, and the the plot revolved around Rey and Kylo's clash. It seems though that the studio was already thinking of bringing back Emperor the Emperor even before the worldwide release of The Last Jedi in November 2017. This reveal comes courtesy of The Art of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, which showcases sketches that feature a fragile body of the Senate in his harness dating all the way back to late 2017 when the art department started working on the last entry. As production designer Kevin Jenkins explained on Twitter, when asked if this is true, that the art department started working on episode nine in October, 2017. At the very beginning of the production, I was on my own developing designs for Palpatine's return due to secrecy. At the time I was locked away in my own dark office, let out once a week to review designs with JJ. This pencil sketch is from the very first batch he wrote. So if he's saying that this happened in 2017, right before the last Jedi we were supposed to come out, then the, the dismissal of Colin Trevorrow's Duel of the Fate script happened a lot earlier than reported because obviously if him and J.J. are coming out and come taking a look at the sketches, that means J.J. was on board right before the last Jedi dropped. So something doesn't make sense here. Am I wrong or am I right? No, you are correct. So now, is this Disney's way of retconning themselves in this? Or did they tell this guy, listen, just uh, don't put uh, 2019 on there. Just back that ball guy from like 2017. Um, <laughs> just so they can see like they're not fucking making things up, uh, making things up on the fly. So uh, listen, I wouldn't put it past them. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just tired of talking about the sequel trilogy and all the uh, pros and cons because we're never going to be satisfied no matter what. Like I said, everybody's interpretation of the sequel trilogy is their own entitlement. You know, you like it, you love it, you hate it. Doesn't matter. It's just Star Wars. Enjoy for what it is, the good and the bad. Um, speaking of what's going on in Rise of Skywalker, though, your boy Marky Hamels, Marky Mark over there, was a little envious of Ray. He yeah. indeed was. So, article came out. Um, the Rise of Skywalker gave Rey what Mark Hamill always wanted for Luke. So we talked, we touched base about this in the past before, how Mark Hamill was convinced that going into Return of the Jedi, he was going to become uh, either tempted by the dark side or turned to the dark side because, you know, he had a black outfit. So obviously that meant that he was going to the dark side. So, and which we know was not true. He was tempted by it, but he never made any dark side turn. So, um, 
he apparently had uh, tweeted about or had mentioned about, uh, sorry, in an article, um, they spoke to me, sorry, in an interview, Jesus Christ almighty. Um, they had Way to show up, Doc. Thanks. About, uh, about um, his turn to the dark side. And he said, every actor always wants to play their own evil twin. Um, and he spoke about the fact that Ray did get to play her own evil twin as Dark Ray for all that, you know, two tenths of a second that she popped up in the uh, in the last movie. Um, and he was disappointed that he was never able to turn to the dark side and play that evil twin of himself um, and go down that path. And then he was envious of Daisy, really, that she actually had did that and he lived his dream in her own way. Um, again, you know, somebody making an article out of a two-second blurb that Hamill had said. It's like, you know, people worship the ground this guy walks on. I get it. You're Luke Skywalker. All right, move on, buddy. So you wouldn't have liked seeing uh, Dark Side Luke? I did see Dark Side Luke. It was in a story called The Dark Empire, which was uh, released by Marvel Comics uh, shortly thereafter. So Actually, it was Dark Horse Comics. My bad, Dark Horse Comics. You were correct. And uh, As always. And guess what? Right here, in what my wife, ex-wife calls a black heart, that's still canon. Unlike, yeah. Revan, unlike Revan, though. Let me tell you something. I see Dark Side Luke every time I decide to go on Twitter and I see him talking some social justice <laughs> shit. That's when I see Dark Side Luke. But, I mean, listen, man, if he'd have turned full Dark Side, how do you have somebody as, I mean, would you... Then they would have the fucking task of redeeming him. And, you know, and we talk about Kylo Ren, how he turned and how he fucking killed all these people. And that even though he redeemed himself in some way, he's still irredeemable to a certain extent. And he had to fucking die. How how do we kill a guy like Luke Skywalker? You know, force projection. Well, that happened. I mean, you know, he he deserved to go out. I think on 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 his shield, not like that, you know. But anyways, yeah, man. I mean, you know that. I would love to see a a fucking Darth Darth Luke and shit. But you know, then you you gotta think about that shit. Then you know. What about you, Chris? Would you like to see Dark Side Luke? I think we did. I think I think that's not really accurate. I think we saw as much as we were going to see in uh, Empire Strikes Back. We see that scene in the cave. When he kind of faces down Darth Vader and he and you know chops ch- chops him up and sees his own face, it's obvious that you know he's seeing himself in Darth Vader. And in Return of the Jedi, when he you know he's about to to kill Darth Vader and he looks at his hand and he looks at his hand, you see him at the precipice and he doesn't step over. We want the hero not to step over. He had to take the bullet for that. I'm sorry, Mark. You don't get to play the bad guy. You're the good guy. And there was an, an interesting thing about that costume. I actually have that costume, the Return of the Jedi Luke black costume. It's one of my favorite costumes that break out periodically. You know that at the end, after he is in the fight with Vader, the little flap comes down. Underneath, underneath, it's always been white. It was always white underneath. And that was a little cue. That was a little subtle thing that they did with the costume to kind of reveal that he was always good underneath that black outfit. So I always loved that that sequence. After that sequence, you see the little flap down. You see he was always good all along. I, I think he's... I, I never noticed that. that. That's actually a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You didn't know that, Doc? No, I knew the flap came down, but I never equated it to that. I thought you know, it was great. Like him revealing him to be in, internally still, still light. Yeah. I, I always uh-huh. thought... I always, I always really thought that was poignant. 
But again, you don't always get to live out your dreams as an actor. Sometimes it serves the story. And I think Luke had to be the pure Luke and be on that precipice and then come back. And I, I and that that moment always gets me in Return of the Jedi. I love that exact moment when he looks and he he throws down his saber. He's like, no, you know, I, I love that sequence because I think that's a very powerful, one of the most powerful moments in Star Wars. Now, I'm going to throw this out here. Screw the rest of the news. It's all horseshit anyway. Uh, I'm going to throw this out here. We're going to have a little fun tonight. Um, you remember how Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine wanted to get stricken down by Rey so his essence can transfer into her body, right? Now people are saying, just like how they made certain scenes in the original trilogy it meant one thing back then, but because the other movies and other episodes of television come out, that now that scene means totally something different. The verbiage has more weight, different layers, yada, yada, yada. Well, the part where he tells Luke to strike him down, and Luke grabs his saber and tries to strike him down, and Vader stops him with his blade. People were saying, yeah, well, people were saying initially that. Vader were saving Palpatine. But no. now everybody's saying that Vader was saving Luke no. from be- from becoming from striking down Palpatine having Palpatine Strike down. I can feel your anger. I am defenseless. Take your weapon. Strike me down with all of your hatred, and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. Go into his body, which kind of makes sense. Because let's face it, if even he did strike him down, right? His father in episode five in in the empires told him. The Emperor has seen that you can defeat him. Join me. We can kill the Emperor and rule the galaxy together as father and son. I can complete your training. So right then and there, when him stopping Luke, did he stop Luke because he realized the Emperor would go into his body uh, and become even more powerful that he could always be his bitch for the rest of his life? And he didn't want Luke to do that? Because let's face it, if Luke struck him down, right? Then he wins. Then Vader and him could be rule of the galaxy. So now it adds another layer to it because of what's going on in Episode Nine. But at the same time, if Luke, if he, if if he, pro, if he, forced, if the Emperor foresaw that Luke was going to destroy him, well, why did he stop him? Because then he would have got his cake and eat it too on that other side of the spectrum from the argument. So it's open to interpretation. What do you guys think? I think that, you know what, it makes sense to me because Anakin slash Darth Vader has always been conflicted. He was Palpatine's bitch, so he knew that if he didn't bend to him, he'd be destroyed and discarded. But, you know, at that moment, Anakin came out, his love for his son came out, and I think, I actually believe now that he did it to save Luke. It's it's uh, I, I always love it when they're able to kind of spin a twist on something and never give you the answer and always get the wheels turning. Um, I, I never thought of it like that, but you know, a, a, after seeing the Rise of Skywalker, 
what he wanted him to do, um, what he wanted Ray to do. Uh, it makes perfect sense that he would, you know, bait Luke into doing it and then jump into him and transfer his essence into him. It makes perfect sense. No way in, in, in God's green earth would any of us ever thinking that when we watch Turn of the Jedi from 83 till now. Um, but seeing that spin on it, shit like that, I love. It's an interesting, it's an interesting spin, but I think it is what it is back in 1983. I think he wanted him to get to the point where he would actually swing to strike him down. And the plan was always that Vader was going to stop him and that he would have to face Vader and, and fight and then kill Vader to take his place by Palpatine's side. You can't really apply the logic of something that was made up, you know, a year ago to something from 1983. I think it's an interesting concept. And I think the writers who were writing uh, Rise of Skywalker were kind of thinking of that moment and trying to recreate that moment, but give it a purpose that her striking him down would make her the the ruler and the, the emperor of the universe on Exegol. But I don't think I don't think you can really apply the same logic to the original movie. But it's an interesting thought. Well, listen, they've done it before where even in the same movie, Return of the Jedi, when Luke is up on the on the scaffold and 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 and, and Vader looks up at him and goes, Obi-Wan has taught you well. People at that time thought, oh, because of his Jedi training and his skill with the lightsaber. But in reality, after episode three comes out, Obi-Wan had the high ground. Now Luke had the high ground. So it adds texture and, and layers to that saying. So he throws the thing, the, the saber, and that brings Luke crashing down uh, off the scaffold. So, again, open to interpretation. But that's what art is, right? Art's always open to interpretation. Everyone views it differently. But I love the fact, like Doc says, they take something that's this big, and then they put a twist on it, maybe a double or triple or quadruple meaning, and now it's this big, and it's open to interpretation. It can mean so many different things. So, I don't know, I just threw it out there. To mean, I mean let's face it, Star Wars is always going to be over. And speaking oh, of boy, over. Here we are. Okay. That's how you transition. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Chris, don't 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 feed his fucking ego. He doesn't need it. Please. Listen, <laughs> this is going to be the last rendition of Who's More Over because this is the last episode of the NFL because the fans <laughs> suck. So, anyhow, you can catch me on my new podcast next Tuesday. Uh, it's called the Old Force Order. <laughs> the it's new, gonna be me. new Force Order. <laughs> the new new Force. It's going to be called N- uh, NFO Black, NFO Red. We're going to split. <laughs> we got the wolf so, pack on one side. Yeah. So what we do here is we use wrestling terminology and the over in wrestling terminology is getting popular with the fans. When you're a good guy, you're a baby face. When you're over as a baby face with the fans in wrestling, people will pay a lot of Scott Old to come see you beat up the villain. When you're over as a heel, which is the villain in baby face terms, people will pay a lot of money to come see you lose and get your ass kicked. What we do is we compare two aspects of Star Wars lore person place a thing and we see what's more over with you the fans but most importantly what's more over with us because we actually count and you guys don't matter so doc please enlighten these scruffy nerf herders who the contestants are this week this week on who's more over we threw some uh, random competitors in the random uh, competitor generator and we pushed out in one corner one of the sons of death amir no, not Darth Maul, but his ugly yellow brother, Savage Opress. My lord. Is it finished? Yes. The temple has been taken. And the Jedi? 
dead. Very impressive, Savage. Return to Sereno immediately. Very well, my lord. Who, by the way, if you didn't know, was voiced by Clancy Brown, who also played uh, the Devorian in The Mandalorian. And Clancy uh, Brown also does a voice in uh, Rebels, Rebels, He too. does a general somebody, somebody. I don't know what it was. I watched an episode of the day. I'm like, yeah, that's Clancy Brown's voice. He's um, Mr. Krabs, too. Yes, he is Mr. Krabs. You are correct. The guy's making some Scott Ole on the voice acting. Good for um, him. And then uh, we have him up against one of the members of the Jedi Council who usually popped up in holographic form of the Jedi Council because people speculate he was at the Twilight Strip Club. Our good conehead friend, no, not uh, Dan Aykroyd, but uh, Kai Ayamundi. It's unfair. We have surveyed all systems in the Republic, but have found no sign of General Grievous. Hiding in the outer rim, Grievous is. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? So do you guys want to go to the polls first? Hey. I polls. I know. <laughs> so let's... Let's go to the polls first. So Spiro just floated me the uh, the Instagram. And on the Instagram, Savage Press is over 89 to 11%. Wow. Take that. That's an absolute ass whooping over there. And uh, on the Facebook poll, let us see here. Uh, let me do some math. Uh, Savage Press is over on the Facebook poll, 80 to 20 we got a couple of comments on the Facebook poll. John Enright, our buddy Johnny N, comments that Savage Press is moreover. More story and character about him. We know more about him. He's also working to help his brother and lived up to the name. A guy named Johnny Walker, not Johnny Walker Black, comments on Kaya Mundi. He goes, who doesn't love a guy whose head looks like a cone? If you turn him upside down and take away his eyes, he kind of looks like a shorn penis. Kaya Mundi is more over for him. You sure uh, that wasn't you? Uh, I don't know who this Johnny Walker is. But... That's our comments on Facebook. He's All a right. fighter, no? All right. So Johnny gonna... that, 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 that's, that's Johnny Wayne Parr. <laughs> so we'll go to the emails. Todd Santiago, first email. Never heard of him. Uh, who's more over? But what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? Kiari Mundi, as we know, Jedi Master on the Council and looks like Chevy Chase in Coneheads. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You mean Dan Aykroyd, he, he means. I think Chevy was the Coneheads. I don't know. I don't remember. Savajo Press is a beast, a monster, if you will, and Darth Maul's brother. Duke we even started training him and talked about fast learners. Savage became very powerful in a short time. Plus, Zabrak is intimidating looking. I'm voting for Savage. His dark, his dark side use is impressive. And more impressive is his use of double-bladed lightsaber. Savage all the way. Thank you, NFO. Keep up the great work. Stay safe. New, 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 new force order for life. Uh, Thank you. All right. Next one is the, the Bast Master Dust, or B-Ass Master. Sav- Savage is likely totally jacked version of Maul. Meanwhile, Kiai Mundi's head freaks me out. I want to see Savage slice the type of Key's dome off. Savage is over for the win. Okay. Next one. The Gilbius of Tim. Hey, NFO guys. This week's I'm picking Mundi. One of my favorite Star Wars moments was the Battle of Geonosis, and he he was on the front line stabbing and slabbing. P.S. Why was the droid so angry? 
because people kept pushing his buttons. Put them bumps. Looking, Timmy, those jokes. Looking forward to seeing who wins the King of the Wing. Oh boy. Thanks, thanks guys for going the extra mile. Like homeboy goes that extra mile to sell his last bags of oranges. Oh, <laughs> NFO for life. All right, boys. Let's go around the horn regarding this this segment of who's moreover. What do you guys think? Well, listen, man. You know, Savage Press number one. He's uh, uh, Zabrak. Nine times out of ten, they're gonna be over. He's Darth Maul's brother. He's Darth Maul on steroids. You know, he has the dope lightsaber. Not as smart, not as gifted as his brother, but he makes up for it in raw force and strength. He's more uh, savage. He's way more savage. Um, <laughs> he shop at Target. Asajj. At Target. Yeah. <laughs> um, Asajj Ventries actually chose him as a suitable mate. I don't know if they actually ever did the deed, but, you know, so that alone, in my opinion, gets him over. But was that you know, because he makes a horny baby? Eh, he's very, you know. But um, you know, listen, man, I gotta t- take my hat off to Mundi. He went out a fucking boss, man. He, uh, you know, fought in, in the front lines. I have a lot of love and respect for him, even though he looks like a, a fucking albino turd. But at the end of the day, man, dark side wins. Savage oppress over, and that's that. Chris, Savage all the way. I, I always go by who I'd rather have an action figure of. I'd rather have him than a dildo. So that's absolutely, it's about Sav- Savage. Yeah, the chip should vote for uh, <laughs> Well, What's Doc up? would probably Doc would probably vote for Kaimundi then because he wants that dildo. Oh yeah, of course. He's making all. He's always making Savage those dildo would be references. Painful. He looks like a like a claw. I don't think that would work. It's ripped for his pleasure. You never know, you never know man. Some chicks are crazy. Anyway, uh, I think this is an easy battle. You know, listen, Kayamundi, he does have some backstory to him. You know, he was in a couple episodes of Clone Wars. Um, interesting Jedi, interesting look. It, we as as action as, as an action figure collector, you always appreciate a different look for your figure. So it's not just your Anakin, your Obi-Wan's. You got the Kaya Moondies there. There was some legend story of him, but he was wearing some kind of fucking funny ass hat that he was out in the desert or something. I don't know. He's wearing like a respirator. <laughs> fucking condom and shit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he rolled it down past his head. <laughs> was it like uh, a ground? It was like a ground puba hat from like Flintstones. Exa- exactly what it was. <laughs> nice. Um, interesting, but if you look at you know just the <laughs> the sheer viciousness of Savage Press and the fact that he added to the Darth Maul character without being Darth Maul himself um, made him super cool. So Savage all the way. I have to agree. Savage all the way. I love the fact that they introduced him through Mother Towson. Mother Towson smartened him up. He went and found his brother. He was the brawn to the to Maul's brain. So they made a perfect tag team. He had a cool look, cool lightsaber. Unfortunately, his time was limited because he did the job to uh, to the emperor, and the emperor came and Barry Horowitz his ass, and that's it. So I'm going to go with Savage Opress. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you guys can send your picks for who's more. Oh, actually, you can't because it's the last episode. So toast it. Um, so let's see, guys. Yeah. All right, I'm going to clarify this. Last free episode of the NFO. 
And if you guys don't like it, tough shit. I told you guys. I told each and every one of you sons of bitches out there that we're doing this King of the Wing for you guys, not for us. We built up four weeks worth of voting and emails, and we compared all the wing ships of the Rebels. The A, the A wing, the B wing, the Y wing, the U wing, the V wing, and the X wing. And we wanted to find out who you guys think was the best wing ship out of all of them, right? Hence, King of the Wing, which was a play on King of the Ring, which was a tournament in the WWF back in the day. Over so, their heads. What do we do? We put this out for four weeks. Well, four fucking weeks. And what do we get? Five emails from the same five people that always email us. So, fuck yous all. So, do me a favor first. Let's let's see if they, anyone voted. What are the voting tactics on this? The, the, the statistics, I mean. We had voting on this? We didn't have polls so they can vote? We didn't have any polls. It was all emails. No, we had voting on all the social media sites, I thought. I thought the it? plan. I thought the plan was no, no, Spider. Spider, I thought you said it was no, okay, no, Spider. No, no, what no, the wait a minute. Guys. There weren't gonna be polls so that we can actually hide the results. So that at the end of the day, at the end of, of it all, it, it could be a surprise. Yes, you know? I remember that too. Right? I remembered something. You know. All right. So now we have you to know, count the emails like a bunch of fucking schnooks. I ordered fucking I wouldn't count marinara shit, and I got man. egg needles and fucking ketchup. They right, don't fucking see. deserve. They don't deserve to fucking know who won. I'll tell you who who didn't win. They didn't win because this being the last free episode, you motherfuckers are gonna have to pony up. What is it? Twenty a fucking shot now. Seven thousand dollars. Seven thousand million dollars. One million dollars. Well, listen. Let's go through this real quick then. GL five three one nine. Right, King of the Wing. Hello, NFO. Your boy John Enright, aka J Rizzy Min. Excited, y'all. Tweet my wing idea. As always, y'all do it better. That's right. You best fucking believe it. So, Thank if Legends you. is valid for a choice, I would go with the E Wing. It's not valid, just like Revan. Of course. It was in, it was an imp improved X Wing. If not, I love the classic T sixty five X Wing, but I'm gonna go with the B Wing. Unique design, versatile like Doc, and his sexuality, and extremely deadly like Spiro. Thanks Thank for you. all you do, gentlemen. I appreciate all you do, especially with what I'm going through right now. Have a great day from a great state of Texas. Well, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Thank you. And John that. gets free lifetime membership to the new New Force Order. I don't know about that. Uh, Moises said, <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> We've been outvoted. <laughs> Moises Sandoval, right? A AKA the 88th homeboy who Big Sal told him to go fuck himself tonight on the Conspiracy Horseman podcast. Tonight. Anyway. Oh, shit. Remember, it's Wednesday we're filming today. I would like to submit my pick for King of the Wing. I choose the motherfucking X-Wing. As a kid, I had many Star Wars figures and I had to choose between the Millennium Falcon or the X-Wing. I choose the Falcon, but I wish I could. I would have gotten the X-Wing too. I would have put Luke in that motherfucker and had a blast with that shit. But oh well, so is my pick, mothers. Well, thank you there. I'm glad to see that you were grammatically incorrect as usual. You uh, bilingual, grammatically incorrect 
Puto. But let's see. Oh, Tim Kilby. Next one. Jeez. King of the Wing. For the King of the Wing, I'm picking the X-Wing. Simple answer is it blew up the Death Star, and that's good enough reason for me. P.S. What's a Rebel, Rebel Pilot's favorite TV show? X-Wing Factor. NFO for life. For life. All right. Then we have Holly Garland. King of the Wing. Oh, God. Just to clarify, <laughs> all these Vader's ships... X-Wing. Vader's X-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> all these ships are Jedi garbage. However, I noticed one ship That's was right. visibly missing in the graphic. No love for Vader's X-Wing. <laughs> Tremendous. The Empire First awesome. Order have better, bigger, faster ships. Planet-killing technology. Jedi scum have got to step up their game. NFO for life. So you sent oh, an email nice. and you didn't pick any. What's the yeah, point? Vader's X-Wing, man. No love for Vader's X-Wing, she said. She picked a Sith. That's what she picked. As usual. That's but that's not that wasn't part of the ant. That wasn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. Todd Santiago, King of the Wing. I like all. Let's face it, I'm a real Star Wars fan. Have been since 1977. So with that in mind, the X-Wing. X-Wing, X-Wing. New, new Force Order for Life. For life. All right. So there you have it, guys. It looks like the X-Wing's over. Guys, what do you guys pick? Chris, you go first. It's gotta be the X-Wing. That's that's what I always wanted when whenever Christmas presents anything, X wing most versatile, most uh, probably the fastest with the four engines. I think uh, it's it's the the go to ship. All right. Well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna second that with you, uh, Chris. My 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 second favorite ship in the Star Wars lore is the X wing. First being the Falcon. So yeah. But you know that's just me. I love the design of the X wing. It looks symmetrically badass. Not, not to mention that you need the R2 unit or the droid unit to help you maneuver. Uh, I mean, let's face it. It blew up the Death Star, so X-Wing all day long. But right. if, I had to pick, if I had to pick a second place wing, it's a toss-up between the U-Wing. Because I really like the U-Wing with the, the way the wings move. Pa pa Patrick U-Wing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, or the uh, or the Y wing, the A wing and the B wing and the V wing suck in my opinion. But anyway, go on. All right, um, so I'm gonna knock them off one by one here. B wing, that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I have no idea who developed that ship. It looks atrocious. It looks nothing like a B. It looks more like a a lowercase t. Uh, it's ridiculous. The Y wing and so if you had really... two of them, would they be TTs? They'd be t they'd be uh, big. They'd be big TTs. Um, Y-Wing, again, another odd-looking ship. It's got those weird two engines on the side. Like, how do you park oh, that like fucking it. thing? I don't know. <laughs> Strange. Um, the V-Wing is briefly seen in, in um, Revenge of the Sith. Coolish-looking ship. It's a, kind of a modification of the X-Wing. Um, if you look at it, I think it's slightly more versatile than the X-Wing. The X-Wing's got those weird wings. What if you clip off one of those wings of the X-Wing? You're done. That's you it. Three more. You you're not steering through three of those things over there. I think you're going down like a ton of bricks. All right. So for me, if you tell me, hey, Doc, what do you want to pilot? We're hitting the fucking, uh, you know, the uh, the Death Star trenches. I'm going A-wing all the way, baby, because it's sleek. It's got a thin profile. It's going to be very difficult to hit. The engines are in the back. They're not extended out like some stupid-ass uh, Y-wing. 
There's no four other wings. If I clip one of those, I'm going to spin out of control. It's tiny. Blasters on the side. Give me the A-wing any day of the week. So you like the Prius of the Star Wars galaxy. I'm right down. Listen, if that bitch, if that bitch runs on electricity, I'm in. It's a practical ship, man. It is very. But I got to say this, and it goes back to what Chris said. Out of all the ships that I wanted, aside from the Falcon, as a kid to play with was the X-Wing. I, you know, you guys know that, that my favorite sounding ship is a fucking TIE fighter. But the X-Wing is the one ship that, above all, I wanted and I never had. So I'm going to go vote for it right now and say X-Wing. All right. Well, it wasn't any surprise. I figured the X-Wing would go over strong. But we did try to give the, the other ships a uh, fighting chance. But again, fuck you, fans. You guys dropped the ball on this. So you guys messed up, man. You done fucked up. Like you said in, the, in Menace to Society, you done fucked up. Now you see now, you done fucked up. You know that, don't you? I see what I'm saying. I, no, I... I thought no, so, you know what I'm saying that you done I, fucked up now, you know that don't you? Damn. No, you done fucked up, don't you? No, don't you? No, you done fucked up. Without the tape. Now, yeah, no. We're never gonna do this again. Supposedly we get X amount of downloads from all our platforms that we're on. And the fact that the same five talking people come and every weekend, week out are the same five people that just emailed us. Whatever, dude. I'm tired. It's 12.30 in the morning here. On, a, on Thursday morning, Wednesday night. And we're doing this for you guys. For free. But, like Roberto Duran, nada mas. You guys are going to have to pay some Scott Oll for this now because I'm tired of you people. You guys all suck. A whole big bag of dicks, like like my boy Spiro likes to say. Big Anyhow. Dicks. Yeah, speaking about big fat dicks, let's go to the comment suit you boys. <laughs> Is it time? Obviously, because that's the best segue I've done all night. So let's go. Let's do it. That's what she Yo, said. <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine GGP goes to the spam mail and then next week, guys, we're sorry. We apologize. We've had He'll all never, this. He'll never apologize. Don't worry. Hold on. I'm going to check spam mail right up. now. <laughs> it's time to travel to a planet in the galaxy far, far away. The 69th planet to be exact. Grab your lightsaber, or maybe have a loved one grab it for you. Oh my god. Because it's time for Star Wars Kama Sutra. Oh yeah. How do you even think? <laughs> that would be literally hilarious. Oh shit, imagine that. Alright Chris, shoot a number out. Uh, 15. 15. Let's see if we got 15 here. I think we did 15 already. 15 was, uh, It's a Crap, which Shit. was, uh, which was, uh, the Wookiee and, uh, Admiral Akbar. 27. 27. Let's see 27. Hold on. Uh, we've done a bunch of these already. We've done that one already. That's called Jeez. It's a Trap. It's a trap, which is when uh, Admiral Akbar tries to bang an underage Ahsoka Tano. So we, we definitely did that one. Okay. Shout, uh, out, shout out to Jeffrey Epstein. Joe Biden. Yeah. 30, 32. 30, okay. Uh, 
Did we, I think we did this one as well. This oh. was the this was the Master Vader. I think we did the Master yeah, Vader as well. We <laughs> yep. I think that was one of the first ones we did over there. That was, that was Papa Dog's number. What's the high number? What's what's the high number? Uh, high number is a hundred. Okay, well, let's go. Uh, Sorry, high number is 71. All right, high number is ninety-eight. I think it is seventy-one. We did seventy-one too. Jeez. We're ready for the prequels. All right, we got that. Right, I'm going to pick a number here. Let's see. Hold on. Go ahead. Uh, How about we do ninety-nine? Opposite of sixty-six. Ninety-nine. I don't think it's a page. It's a uh, what you call it? It's a. It's, uh, it's, it's index. the. Uh, the glossary it's, index. It's, exactly. All right. Um, in honor of Chris being here, we're going to do page 74 and 75. This one's called The Sharpshooters. Oh, boy. You can imagine what it involves, okay? Okay. Somebody's <laughs> face. This is actually pretty, pretty witty. Uh, it involves uh, Aura Singh, you know, the random bounty hunter from um, uh, episode one, uh, a stormtrooper, a snowtrooper, a clone trooper, and a scout trooper. So uh, all around the uh, the the uh, the set here is a it's an armoire, it's a bed, it's a makeup table, and it's a dresser drawer, and Orison is lying on the bed, and all the troopers who are trying to fuck her are actually nowhere near where she actually is. One of them is fucking <laughs> the armoire, one of them is fucking across her on the bed, not even like you know in missionary style. He's like sideways missionary style. Oh, the one is banging the makeup table, and the other one is banging the the, the bedside table, because as we know, those stormtroopers are quite the sharpshooters. We have we have no aim. That, yes. That's a pretty accurate representation. Yeah, the, the best that's is the coach on the corner right there, who's like literally banging that's the the, uh, the 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 bedside table. Yeah, it's good. Nice, good one. That one's called the the sharpshooters. It's pretty yeah. funny. Very nice. I like that one. It's good. Pop, you good? You're right there, Pop. Yeah, I'm fine, dude. Just she's falling asleep over there. You just no, 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 no. I was falling asleep. I'm just wondering what the hell this guy uh, uh, scruffy enough for was smoking or snorting or injecting while he was coming up with these ideas. You know, Listen, that's he's it. a pretty frightening dude. I mean, we had him on the show. I know, I know. He writes greeting cards. I get it. And uh, I mean, not greeting cards. Uh, whatever. Love online dating profiles. profiles yeah. Dating profiles. So, God bless you, brother. Not not insulting you. I'm just your you, what you use for muse for your your ideas captivates me. I just I'm I'm in awe. Anyhow, and Papa uh, Dad would never let you watch his kids. Anyway, move. oh fuck no, you out of your mind. Uh. Since he used a lot of toys, and speaking about toys, let's go do Tatooine. I think it's time. Or Tatooine. Eh, fuck the ta song. Just, 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 let's go into right, the right. segment. Anyway, here's this. Here's this. The fans yeah. don't deserve a fucking song. Fuck them. Oh. You suck. Star Wars Blade Builders, the Force is calling to you. Which side will you choose? Connect to the light side with Blue Jedi Mode and lead the Rebellion. Or activate Red Sith Mode and give in to the Dark Side. The power to unlock the Force is in your hands. Which side will you choose? New Star Wars Path of the Force lightsaber, Jedi or Sith, works with the entire Blade Builders system. Sold separately. Batteries not included. I should have I should have stayed asleep today. Anyway, uh, so I got a couple of things to talk to you this week. Um, as usual, stuff is always rolling in from Amazon. 
and whatnot in the Arroyo household. I got something that I've been waiting for for about a month and a half or so. Hasbro Pulse announced one of the vintage carded black seer and it's per- it came so pristine and perfect. I want to try to keep it that way. I don't want anybody's grubby fingers on so it. So it wasn't from Walmart then, huh? It was definitely not from Walmart. That's what I was thinking. Uh, this was a secret that they released on the um, on the uh, Empire Strikes Back Black Series vintage card line. So this is your boy, Papa Don. Han Solo, Frozen, and Carbonite. It's the six-inch figure, not the small one, the big one. Um, it's got the throwback card that he had for the Power of the Force when that came out after the, you know, the the MB, uh Return of the Jedi figures came out in the Power of the Force lines in the late 80s, the mid-80s, 85 or so, which is one of the rare 17 last figures. The interesting thing about this is that in the original one, it actually came with the Han Solo figure. This one does not come with a Han Solo figure. It's just a block of carbonite with a stand in the back that you could stand it up either straight or stand it up sideways and load it up in the Boba Fett ship. So they kind of gypped you by not giving you the Han figure. Uh, they They didn't have one tooled because um, they haven't made that Han Solo, but it's pretty easy to make. All you need is the Bespin one. Just take off the, uh, the the jacket, put just regular arms on it, and you're done. But they did not include that in this one. They just did this one, so they lowered the price. Instead of $19.99, it was $14.99. Um, it's not even on the back of the package. You look at the back of the package. It doesn't even have them on there. It just has the original five that they released. Um, but this is, I mean, gorgeous, beautiful figure pristine condition hasbropulse.com had this sold out amazon had it sold out um i wish i would have bought two at this point because it's definitely going to be worth a, a little bit of trade bait and a little bit of cash in the future does not light up unfortunately but it has the panels on the side as you can see right there um and it's got an accurate depiction of a boy han solo frozen in carbon um so this one's going to go up on the wall i put a bunch of my black series from the vintage line on the wall already above me um going right into a figure defender from figureshield.com uh and then going right next to yoda because this one is a good one they've also released uh announced a couple of the other ones that are coming out they're redoing the darth vader they're redoing chewbacca they're coming out with a couple other ones for the empire strikes back um, and speaking of Empire Strikes Back, I got another Black Series item in the mail, which is a high-ticket item. This is the Black Series 6-inch Snow Speeder from Hoth. Um, now, it's hard to make these big vehicles because you need to have a massive box like this. The last one they made that was this big, they did a couple. They did Ray Speeder from Force Awakens. They did Enfy's Nest's uh, Speeder from a Solo uh, Star Wars Story. They did Luke's um, land speeder from A New Hope. And the biggest one they've done so far is the TIE Fighter, actually, that comes with a pilot, which was an enormous box, retailed for about 200 bucks. Um, at some point, they were kind of clearancing them out at some places for like 80 bucks. Um, I bought mine initially at 200 bucks, and I found one for cheaper, so I returned that one. I got the other one. But this is the, uh, the Snow Speeder, um, which I literally have just got. In the back, it says Snow Speeder while stationed in Hoth. The Rebel Alliance modified T-47 airspeeders to become snow speeders. The snow speeder has two-man vessel with a pilot and a rear-facing tail gunner. And this one actually comes with the tail gunner as the figure. So they released all of these with Dak. a figure. It comes with Dak Rattler. Very good, Papadon. I'm very impressed that you knew that. It does come with Dak Rattler, who unfortunately bit the dust in the Empire Strikes Back when, he got, when they got shot down, him and Luke... 
He was Luke's tail gunner. I think Papa Don is a tail gunner too, but his name is uh, Alvin oh. Alvarez. Oh, so let's open this bad boy up. Let's take a look. Here it goes. It's actually pretty accurately life-sized if you look at it. I mean, the thing is enormously massive. That's what she said. Um, it's got the guns on the side. It's got the opening. The canopy opens up. If I could squeeze them out over there. Jesus Christ. Pinned down. Just like in the movie. You couldn't get the hatch open. I'm having hatch problems with uh, the back hatch opens up too. You can stick Dak over there. There we go. All right, thanks Jesus. So it even has those little pull little pull tabs that uh that they yank to get it open. It has the seatbelts because it's 2020, and God forbid if we release anything without any seatbelts, you see seatbelts over there. So you can slide Dak in the back, Luke in the front. Um, it has the the guns on the side over here that you can attach onto your ship. I don't like it. I like to keep mine in the box. So if I attach it, it's gonna be too big to actually fit inside there it has the back panel that actually comes off as well it's sitting over here it's pretty weathered and then you can see our boy Dak sitting in the corner right over there he's not in a card he just comes on this little bubble over there hanging out they basically took luke's um body from the recent released um luke skywalker uh hawk pilot and they just um put Dak's head on it so listen it's a cheap way to get it out there i have no problem i don't mind more figures what's better than this Star Wars figures, more Star Wars figures. Um, so the DAC should actually be worth a pretty decent amount of money because usually these guys who come with the, the, the ships um, go up in value because you have to buy the ship to actually get the figure. So this retailed for, oh man, I can't remember the exact, I think it was 149 I think, on HasbroPulse.com. Second one up, I pre-ordered it because I need to have my Black Series complete. Uh that's Tatooine with this big boy. I got good news. I reached out to two toy collectors um, from that movie uh, that you sent me, Spiro, Plastic Galaxy, if no one has oh, seen really? it yet. Yeah, there's a, uh, a little documentary on the Star Wars toys and action figures and Kenner called Plastic Galaxy. It's on this app called Tubi. Yeah, it's Tubi. Free, free app that you can download. Uh, get your free movies. It has a bunch of things on there. It actually has the whole Transformers library, so you can watch all the Transformers uh cartoons from the 80s um there was a show called plastic galaxy on it which basically goes through the the star wars history of the star wars toys and how kenner picked up the license similar to the toys that made us but they go in a little more detail and they speak to a lot of collectors um and i reached out to this guy named bill mcbride who is runs a uh, thing called sif toys which basically he is the most detailed and deep darth vader collector on the planet the guy has a significant amount of darth vader memorabilia prototypes insane things he's going to come on the show in a, in a, in a couple nice. episodes and then i reached out to another guy his name is john paul raguso uh the fellow new york guy is in upstate new york he runs a website called the imperial gunnery and the imperial gunnery forums which i've used many many times and i, I listen this guy is, is an, an amazing resource basically he shows you how to figure out if your vintage weapons that you get when you buy your figures you know if you buy things off ebay um, or Macari or whatever it is, he, t he tells you how to figure out if they're reproductions or if they're the real weapon that came with the figure. And we'll go into when he gets here, but the That's amount awesome. of detail that this guy has on this website is insanity. Insanity. And you guys know for the last, you know, like a, a year and a half ago, I put together a vintage collection. I bought all the figures again. Um, and the 
the amount of scam that tries to happen on eBay and the way people reproduce these weapons. Some of them are worth 75 bucks for a stupid little gun, um, 100 bucks for a lightsaber, which, you know, whichever it is, is 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 criminal. The the, the amount of 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 of, uh, of effort these these counterfeiters put into making these weapons. And we'll go in, into detail on that when I guess I don't want to steal the guy's thunder because that's my job. Um, but it's super impressive. So we'll have two of those guys on the show at some point in the upcoming future. I'm just making plans with them when to get them on. But that's Tatooine this week, fellas. Well, if the fans want to see that, they're going to have to fucking pay for it. So Exactly. Uh, just stole the words out of my mouth, Hero. Uh, Thank you. All right, Chris. We didn't bring you on the show because you're another pretty face. I mean, you're always welcome to come on the show whenever you want, but you said you had some news to share with our fans. Absolutely. As as we've discussed before, you know, this whole COVID situation has hit the 501st really hard. And the charities that we support, you know, for uh, not being able to troop, not being able to get out there. We normally do about 100, 110 troops a year. Uh, this year, I think we've done about seven that were actual real-world troops. But what we've been doing is doing virtual events. We've been doing videos, uh, raising money for different charities online through our Facebook. We have a, a special Facebook page just for that purpose called the ECG Virtual Troop Facebook page. And that has all videos, over 150 so far, that our members have recorded. Some are funny. Some are PSAs, some are just the guys goofing around doing the Macarena, doing other funny things, all to bring attention to different charities. We had done uh, food pantries for the first part of the pandemic. We raised uh, over $1,500 for three different food pantries around the New York area. And now we're turning our attention to a charity that's very close to my heart, uh, Cerebral Palsy of Nassau County, because I actually happen to work there and know how hard they've been hit with um, this COVID-19 situation. We at Cerebral Palsy have done, just to try to find new avenues to raise money through our um, development department, two virtual bingo events so far uh, with a group called LI Kicks, and they were very successful. We can have like 75 to 100 people over Zoom, all competing with bingo cards uh, for a small donation to the Cerebral Palsy Association, uh, and they get some great prizes. We had tons of prizes that for events that didn't happen that we're able to give away during these bingo events. Well, we decided, you know, with, this would be a perfect opportunity to give some of the members of the 501st an opportunity to do some trooping and do something positive for charity and also bring some more attention to these bingo events and some of the fundraisers for cerebral palsy in Nassau County. So on July 22nd at 8 o'clock, we're going to be running a Star Wars virtual bingo event with up to 200 people. And we already have about a dozen Star Wars characters lined up that are going to be on. Uh, participating in the bingo event. We have a live DJ. We have uh, someone who does the pulling of the uh, the balls, who's a great <laughs> That's MC. That's going to be Papa Don. Yeah. <laughs> You're He's the doctor, great, not me. He's a great MC. His name, name is Sal. He's from LI Kick. He's fantastic at doing it. And we're going to have some trivia in between. And we've been asking our members and some friends of the garrison to donate toys. And I want to thank you guys at the NFO. We had discussed it briefly just in passing on a previous episode. Alex, you really came through, sent me a nice box of stuff. We cannot thank you enough. It might even be enough stuff with the stuff that we already acquired from our members to do maybe a second bingo event in uh, August. So, guys, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And if our pleasure, viewers, Chris. If any of the viewers want to join us, we're going to have uh, prizes. We're going to play five games of bingo. The prizes are going to be increasing from about $50 up to about $150 worth of prize packs that are all Star Wars merchandise all donated by our garrison members and friends of the garrison like the NFO. So please check it out. You can um, 
register to buy your bingo ticket. It's $10 for one ticket and it's three for $25 at cpnassau-b3.eventbrite.com. You can also find out the information, the event link from our ECG virtual troop page or at cpnassau.org. But please join us. It's a great event for a great charity. And if you love Star Wars, it's going to be all Star Wars themed, all Star Wars trivia, all Star Wars prizes, and some Star Wars uh, movie accurate characters on there to add to the excitement. So please come and join us. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to tell folks about it here today. Right on. Listen, you're more than welcome, brother. Anytime you want to come in and just let an event be known that you guys are doing, you're more than welcome to come on the show, hang out with us, and promote the event. Because, number one, it's a selfless act. You guys are doing this for charity, which is the most important thing. You guys all have big hearts. and You guys are just sharing it with the world, which is awesome. You're doing the Lord's work, man. And we thank you for that. Because if more people in the world were like you and and, and your garrison and and just – Talk with their hearts instead of their their minds or whatever they're indoctrinated with, whatever system indoctrinates their minds, the world would be a much better place because that's what it's about, making the world a better place. We try to do it through this podcast every week, you know, be, through Star Wars. You're doing it through your from with your garrison, your New York City garrison, your 501st Legion, and you're doing a hell of a job. So kudos to you and thank you for being an awesome individual. Uh, and being a friend of a show, man, we, we love having you on. No shit. You know, this is the truth. You're, you've been on the show the most, and we'd, lo- we'd want you to come back the most. You know, Anytime, guys. Anytime. I oh, love yeah. shooting the shit with you guys and talking to yeah. guys. You guys are the real deal. And again, I love how you have no judgment. You let people have their own opinions. Your opinion's your opinion. Absolutely, and and we share our views, share our opinions, and there's no judgment. Yeah, well, that's the way it got to be, bro, because... We're not trying to get over on Star Wars. We try to get Star Wars more over with the fans. And that's all that we care about. Just putting out entertaining content that now you fuckers have to pay for. But we're going to be putting out entertaining content that's unbiased, as truthful as possibly could be. And, you know, we're going to have fun talking about what we love to talk about. That's Star Wars. But I digress. Boys, let them know where they can find you guys at. Find me at Dr. D-R underscore Destroyo, D-E-S-T-R-R-O-Y-O on Instagram, Alex Royo MD on Twitter, and Alex Royo on Facebook. I'm just going to say, man, and, and if I can just have my Joe Biden moment, if you don't like the NFO, then you don't like fucking Star Wars, so suck a dick. But you can find me with all my cute pictures, Spiro underscore A on Instagram, and I'm not gonna fucking tell you anything else because if you don't give a fuck about the NFO, you don't, you ain't gonna give a fuck about anything else. So fuck you. That's it, man. Well said. Well said. You can find me at Greek Got Papadon on Twitter, Demetrius Papadon on Facebook, uh, Greek Got Papadon on Instagram. The YouTube page is Greek God Papadon. Go like the page, subscribe to it. It's all the wrestling stuff that I do. And you go to Pro Wrestling Tees slash Greek God Papadon. You get all your professional wrestling t-shirts with my logos and likeness on it. Um, but most importantly, you can find the three of us together collectively at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter. New Force Order, our Instagram, official New Force Order on Facebook and the email address is newforceorder at yahoo.com. Now, we'll let all you people know 
what the Patreon tiers are for the next week's show. And we highly suggest if you guys want to continue listening to us to start paying us that scottle. And your Imperial credits are no good here, right, Doc? Exactly. Your Imperial credits are no good here. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you for showing your true colors and being the piece of shit that you guys are for not voting the King of the Wing. And because of your inability to partake in this fun atmosphere that we provide, you all shall feel the wrath of the Sith. And the Sith is coming for you guys. And we're taking over NFO style. Chris, let them know where they can find you and your true pet. And sure. let's promote the links one more time for your yes. event on the 22nd well, of July. When this is all over, please check us out at 501ecg.com. You can request an event there if you're a nonprofit or charity charitable organization. We don't charge for our appearances. We do it all as, uh, on an all-volunteer basis. You can also check out some of our activities over the past couple of months with our ECG virtual troop on Facebook. Or you can check us out at Empire City Garrison on Facebook as well. If you need to reach me, if you have any questions about the 501st or what we do, you can reach out to me directly. My name is Chris Fian, and I'm at CureMode, C-U-R-E-M-O-D-E, at CureMode.com. Also, if you're available, July 22nd, 8 p.m., check out our virtual Star Wars bingo event at cpnassau-b3.eventbrite.com. Thanks so much, guys. We could really use your support at Cerebral Palsy of Nassau County. Anything you could do, it's going to be a fantastic time. Well, thank you for coming on, brother, and thank you for doing the Lord's work. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another exciting edition. And your last free edition, you did it to yourself, you sons of bitches, of the new, 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 new Force Order. For life. Not for free, for <laughs> life. And that's just, now you're going to pay for it. Bye, guys. Later, Chris. Henceforth, you fuckers will have to pay for the NFO. Roll out, got a bounty on deck, round strap to my chest, cat on the back, check, go, go. Fully set, feet up to the neck, if your name gets red, I am coming for your head, whoa. Come and get hit if you want it, physical one or two ways, either you're quiet or morning, or you get hit with the raise. You're only getting a chance, one you should probably take, cause when I get in that ass, boy, I promise it won't be a date. Hey, live for the hundred and stay on me properly, plentiful bounty, you know that I'm about to be taking your job and your blood doesn't bother me, try me and die with the rest of your cop. I'm like a company with me, and honestly, you will get dropped and get taken to bother me. This is the way, don't believe it, to challenge me. And be the clip in your body, like you believe me. So many people try and we serve them Force on deck, come with no respect, hurt them Everybody like, yo, he's so cute, bro They don't even know I can be so rude Imagine it, I was just chilling in my bassinet Then I heard a and the mando handled it I knew it was different, he could've turned me in But instead of cashing bounty checks, he turned me to a friend Damn, he was right or die, killer so of course When I had the opportunity, I introduced the force 
got his ass trash. He was shooting in his shorts, but I gave a little wave and it made like a horse. I'm a beast. Baby Yoda crawling on the scene. Knew that we would be a team. Cause he all about the green hoes. Try to take me G. I wouldn't recommend it. You're a punk. And we built some better men. Meet the end, bitch. Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major feds as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
each and every Thursday night. Check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, here you get, get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 